Hello and welcome to the FNT City FX. I'm Justine, coach, entrepreneur, and a big dreamer. I'm pretty proud to say that I've been living the life of my dream for a decade, and I believe being authentic is the way to get it. At 21, I moved to the US and ended up spending my 20s living my best life on three different continents, surrounded by people with a diversity of nationalities. As I met these people from all over the world, I realized that all of us were not trying to fit in, because we didn't know the norm we were in. Only one option left, being our true self. These 10 years made me witness that true authenticity turns you into a magnet of opportunity. Today, my mission with this podcast is to show you that living the life you truly desire is possible. In each episode, I'll introduce you to people who decided to live outside the rules of society and create a life they truly love by embracing their unicity. Each time, you'll discover the effect authenticity can have on your life if you dare to look for your true identity. So, get your coffee, tea, or cocktail ready, and let's discover a true inspiring story. Noel, thank you so much for being here today. So, I'm going to start with a little introduction. So yeah. you're from New York City, born in Bronx, and you live in Brooklyn after that. Yes, yes, exactly. And so you used to work in the fashion industry for 15 years, and mm -hmm. you stopped in 2018, and you went to Bali to help out a friend. And now you're an international living coach, helping busy professionals slow down so they can live a more intentional and authentic life. Yes, yes. Any, right. Anything to add? Um, no, I think you've summed it up well. That's that's me in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So talk to us about your previous life when you were living in the fashion industry, how, how you felt, like everything about what was inside of you. So thank you so much for allowing me to, to be here and share my story, first and foremost. I appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here and share with you. Thank you. So um I started off, um, yeah, born in the Bronx, raised in Long Island, and then later on moved to Brooklyn. But I've been in New York all my life. And from a very young age, I had this kind of desire to always see the world, just to, I don't know, it was something in me. Like I had never flown on a plane until I was 17, oddly enough. I didn't come from a traveling like family. We didn't travel and go on a lot of trips. But Again, I would see people I went to school with and they were from different backgrounds like, oh, I want to know more things. So it always struck me that travel and, and just experiencing other cultures was really something I was interested in. But again, we didn't travel much. So I just kind of like, all right, you know, whatever. And as I progressed and, you know, um, was in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. I, I picked my major have a job that would allow me to travel and so and you know obviously something I'd be interested in so I always had an interest in fashion and creativity and I picked my profession based on my desire to travel and you know I got into the fashion business when I was about 22 years old okay. and it was something I thought I would really love and be excited by and the creativity and the people the designers all of the kind of being in New York City you know being in that fast pace, that kind of hustle. That was what I wanted in my 20s. That's what I wanted to do. And I did. So being in that environment really allowed me to grow. I worked for Calvin Klein Jeans. It was my first job out of college. 
back in 2005, I had a great group of people that I worked with, people who really empowered me and um, wanted to see me grow. And it really helped me, you know, it helped my confidence. It helped me really um, see my true potential. And that made me hungry for more. So I was like all about working hard. I'd work till 11 o'clock at night. I would, I would work weekends. I would, I would just, my boss would say, can you come in on the weekend and do that? And I said, yeah, no problem. Of course, no, no big deal. And I would just do it because that's where my mind was. That was my hustle mode. It was on and popping. And I just wanted to keep that going. And that kind of, I maintained that until my early 30s, I'd say. And in my early 30s, I started saying to myself, well, okay, I'm working around the clock. I'm not super excited anymore. I'm not as excited as how I used to be. And, you know, then I started thinking, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life? Is this really something that's going to continue to fulfill me and take me into my retirement for another 40 years. And I thought to myself, wow, I don't know. You know, I was questioning it. But in my twenties, had you asked me that, I was, no, I'm going to be a vice president, president of a company and in fashion business and, you know, traveling all over the world. And as 32, 33 approached, I was like, well, I don't really know if I love this anymore, but I don't know what else I would do. I don't know what else there is for me because I had only been doing you know, this kind of role for the past, you know, 12 years, 10 years. Although I continued on that trajectory um, and questioned it a bit. Yeah. It was hard for me to kind of say, oh, okay, let me walk away from this. I was getting granny, making six figure salary. I was getting to travel to different countries. I was getting exposed to all those different things. And it made me feel a sense of confidence and power. I felt like, wow, I've really made it. I'm really successful. Basically, you reach your point, like your goal, you reach your goal and you realize that this wasn't fulfilling you at all. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I, I reached, I reached a point where I was still working towards, yeah, I thought I was working towards like a higher level and but I was still you know progressing yeah but I reached the point of progression that I felt like okay but is this still really what I want is this really what it is because I had the money I had travel I had, but at the same time I wasn't really fulfilled with what I was doing anymore I wasn't really in love with it I was working with people who were very ego driven who you know it's all about it's all about me and it's all about you know make me look good and and I just started experiencing all these different personality types and I realized I don't really like these people <laughs> I don't really you know I don't really I don't really and they're so and they were really passionate about fashion and they were really driven by it and I realized maybe this isn't really for me anymore But again, I was getting the money. I was living a good life. I moved to Brooklyn and Williamsburg, which is a beautiful area, very trendy. I was going to great restaurants. I had a bunch of friends. We'd go to fancy places and I was living a really great life. So it's hard to walk away from that and say bye to six figures. It's just really not easy. So, and I can honestly say I didn't do it on my own. So I had just gotten back from a trip to Thailand in 2017 with one of my friends and I did two weeks in Thailand and Cambodia. And then we had come back probably the second week of January. And, um, I got back and I was just like, okay, new year, gonna hustle, gonna do more, blah, 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 work hard, work hard. And then by February, I got called up to the CEO's office in my, at my job. And they were like, you know, Noel, 
you know, you're, you're a great performer. However, we're, you know, at the point where we can't sustain anymore, we're not doing as well as we were in the past. And unfortunately we're going to have to eliminate your, your position. And it was like a blow to my ego, like complete um, shock completes. Why me? Like, why, why me? Why not her? Why not them? I work hard. I work around the clock. I do everything that I'm told. Like, why me? You were at the top of your game, pretty much. And they still let you go. Correct. And, you know, from that point on, I realized it was like, whew, okay, now, now what? My mind was like, okay, now I guess I just have to jump in and get another job. And, and then, you know, in that process of me losing my job, I took like a couple of weeks, weeks, of course, to just kind of think, well, where, where do I want to work? Companies do I want to work for? What do I, do I want to continue doing this exact role? Do I want to go into a different area in fashion, another area? And, I, and the thought of just doing those things, other things within the fashion industry made me so depressed. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do what I'm doing for another company. I don't want to be around these types of personalities, for lack of better words, you know, very ego driven, very, a little bit dramatic, very, you know, you have to play a, a certain role to appease them and kiss their butts. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And this, so the thought of that, the thought of that actually made me like depressed. And as this was occurring, a friend of mine called me up and she said, hey, I'm going to Bali in a couple of weeks. And I said, Oh, you know, cool. That's lovely. Good, good for you. Like enjoy. She's like, yeah, well, I wanted to ask you, would you want to come with me? And I said, I just lost my job. I can't just go across the world and just forget about my responsibilities here. I, I got to pay my bills. And she said, listen, I hear you. However, you have complained and you have said to me many times that you are not happy in your current role and doing what you're doing and in this career anymore. You've mentioned it so many times. You, you complain about it more than you have anything good to say about it. So why would you want to jump into something that you know you don't want? Light bulb went off my head. I'm yeah, like, that's, wow. That's, that's even amazing, friend. <laughs> She's like, why would you do that to yourself? And I'm like, you're right. You're really, you're really right. And it just hit me. Like, it hit me like, wow, she's right. But still, again, but I said to her, still, I just can't go to Bali. I just, I just can't do it. I said, I have to get a job. I have bills to pay. I have to be responsible. I have to do all of these things. I have to go on interviews. I have to figure it out. She said, I you have, should take some. I have to. I have to. We, ha we live in a world where you have to. But no, you can do pretty much whatever you want. But we are in our mind like you have to do that. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to go in that direction. I was programmed for a long time to believe that, as is the majority of our society, I would imagine. Yeah. You know? So moving from there, I, you know, she said to me, listen, I'm going to book, send me your passport. I'm going to book your flight. She's like, so just show up, show okay. up to the airport. And okay. I was like, what? He's like, just come with me. And I said, oh, this is crazy. And I was scared. Deep down, I was scared. Like, oh my God, this is so irresponsible. Like, how do I just leave everything and just go there? It just was like, I felt like, oh my God, my, I was so nervous. And then, but something on the other hand was screaming in me, go, yeah. you need to do this, go. Like something was like really pushing me to go. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to friggin' be brave and I'm going to go. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. 
changed my whole perspective, my perception and everything else. I ended up going to Bali March 2018 to April. So one whole month. Okay. And And so so, so what happened there is you got to Bali and boom, a new you uh, was a process during this whole month, some work on yourself. What happened? Well, I would say not a lot of work. I would say um, I got there. I was with two other friends and we, you know, it was like the most my she's no longer actually my friend. We don't talk anymore. But my then friend who booked the trip, she booked a huge like villa. It was massive. She had she has a lot of money. She booked a huge villa and like I had my own little villa hut to myself. It was beautiful. It was like most really, it was lovely. And I was just like, wow, whoa, like, look at this. This is incredible. And like, this is, if this is what it means, feels like to be laid off. This is amazing. Like who would ever think I would <laughs> the, 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 best, the best place to be to think about everything and make a plan for your new life. It was just like incredible. Like I didn't, I could have never, if you would have told me like three months prior, oh, by the way, you're going to be laid off. And then you're going to go on a trip for a month to Bali and you're going to, your whole mind is going to be blown. I would have said, are you crazy? Like what? No, that's not going to happen. But I got to Bali and we, I was with other friends. We ended up having a great time. We were, we were going out, partying, meeting new people, just kind of like letting loose. Letting loose, just like enjoying going out to dinners, fun stuff, like hanging out by the beach, sunset, all these different things. No worries, no responsibilities. No worries, no responsibilities, except that like like on a Monday morning, I'd be like, oh, right now I'd be like Monday night would be their morning. So I'd be like, oh, I should be at work right now, but I'm in Bali. So I started getting like, wow, this is so freaking cool. Like, this is awesome. And, um, yeah, I met a lot of people, but it was there when I really thought I saw so many just beautiful things that I was like, wow, people are like, there's a lot of people, expats that are here that are working digitally, like they're their own entrepreneurs. They have, um, they work remotely for certain companies or they're freelance graphic designers, or they do day trading, or they do all these different cool things and they create their own schedules and they have a balance and they are happy. Hey, they could. They could be right by the pool right now, like I am working and living a beautiful life and sipping on green juices and coconuts and watermelon juices. And I thought, wow, I'm sitting behind the desk 40 hours plus a week, not even loving what I'm doing, being like told what I have to do, dictated to no control over my time and, and my, my work-life balance. And here these people are doing their own thing. That's so amazing and that's when I realized like wow there's something more to this I didn't know what was in it for me at the time but I knew there was something there that was getting the wheels turning in my mind yeah something was in motion something was in motion like this is something to this that I need to investigate and research further and and I think that um I just needed to go back and figure out what that was like I needed to figure it out but at that time I didn't know exactly what it was And also, I just felt really alive. I can't explain. I felt like my soul was like really low and like not bright back in New York. I just felt low energy. I felt depleted. I felt all of these things. And here I was and I was like, oof, sunshine, beautiful scenery, beautiful, all this stuff. And I just I felt alive. I'm like, oh, there's something here for me. 
And so I realized that, wow, if these people could do this, like they could do this. And these people are from Europe. They're from America. They're from Australia. They're from all over and they're doing it. Why, why couldn't I figure it out? Yeah. Why so, not? so exactly. So after that month I went home, I had to go back to New York and I, I swore, I swore to myself as I got on that plane and looked out, we left around sunset time and I was crying. Actually, I was tearing up and I said to myself, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I will be back. And next time it will be for a long time. That's what I said. And I put it out in the ether. And yeah, I, I totally understand how many times I did that to myself. Like when I went to the U.S. for the first time. So I studied in the U.S. for eight months. And when I went back to France, I had no doubt. Yeah, I was sure I was going to go back. And when I went to Australia, same. I went back home, but I was, I will go back. Everybody can do whatever they want if they put their mind to it. If you decide you want something, if you put your intention in something, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. It's a strong knowing. It's a strong knowing in your in your heart. And then once it gets, it's in that art space, it goes into your mind and it clicks. You're like, I could do this. I'm doing this. It's happening. Yeah. And I'm a real believer of, I'm a real believer if, if you start embodying So I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to explain this. When I got back to New York, yeah, I was obviously, I was up here in Bali, like on this high, high. And then yeah. I went, took a nosedive. My, I, I was actually in a depression for the first three weeks. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I think it's something that we all experience when we, even if you went just for one month, you, you didn't have a job. So it was a total different life. But if you live in another place and had this amazing experience, you're like, like you say, it's difficult to explain, but you're like, you're like open to everything. Right. Nothing about you is closed. So you're experiencing so much and in different, in a different way, you're hundred percent present in the moment. So when you go back I ask this question to a lot of people. Do you have this like depression mode when you, when you come home? Everybody who traveled that I know of, they all yeah. had this depression mode because you've experienced so much. And when you go home, nothing had changed. And it's still this same, not small word, but a lot of people are close. They are not living in the, in the present moment. So I guess that's why you hit something <laughs> when you go back. They're thinking of, well, I gotta, I get back to office. How many, how many emails am I gonna have? How many, how much work is gonna be piled on my desk? They're already worried about all that. You're not really fully enjoying and living in, in that present moment. Like there's too much on their mind. A lot of people though generally live in the past or live in the future. They're not really living here and now. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. But um, I realized that, you know, I, I was really low when I got back, but I also realized I needed to get a job because I did have to pay my rent and I had to pay my bills and all those things. So I ended up getting a job back in the fashion business because that's what I knew. Yeah. And I, I, worked, I worked for a company. I got a job after three weeks, worked for this company, a big, huge company, which I'm not going to say the name. It was probably one of the worst places I've ever worked. It just for many reasons, but um, just a very different mentality. And I felt like I had learned so much in my previous companies and previous years, and I was more forward thinking. And so when you're, when you're more forward thinking and you work with people who have worked at the same company for 20, 30 years, they're dinosaurs. They don't know how to 
ways. They don't know, know new ways of thinking and operating and functioning and all these things. And their, their whole thing is, oh, but this is the way we do it. But so I should work two times harder and in a and like inefficient, productive way, unproductive way to facilitate how you do this when I know I could do it quicker another way. That doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, that got frustrating. But anyway, in the midst of my frustration of working in this new company, I said, something has to change, Noel. Something has to change. And it was at that point where I put pen to paper because I was really miserable at that place. And I said, I can't do this anymore. So how long did you stay at that place? How long between you get to... I stayed at that place for three months and my old job that let me go called me in because one of the people had left and they said, we know you're probably not happy where you are. Why don't you come here? So I thought to myself, okay, this is perfect. Check this out. I hated the place I was at now because it was just not, just not good. I said, if I go back to the other place, I'll go back. They're knocking on my door to come back, which is cool. I'll get more money because they were giving me more money. And I know the whole game there. I know all the people. I know the game. I know this. Easy breezy. I'm out the door 6.30 every day, 6, 6 o'clock, 6.30. Perfect. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do my job, not bitch, not moan, not complain, even though I don't love what I'm doing. And I'm just going to save every dime. I'm going to save every dime and just put it towards my plan. So when I told you I was miserable and I put pen to paper, I started writing out all the things I really wanted to do because I knew what I didn't want to do. But I started writing out what are the things that really light me up? And there was something more to this Bali thing. First thing I wrote is I want to go back to Bali. I want to, I want to, I don't know what there is there, but I want to go and explore it. So Bali, Um, I want to create a new life somewhere else. I want to travel to more countries. I want to speak another language. I want to make friends around the world. This is the stuff I was putting out there and writing on paper and da, da, da. So then I started putting, you know, a date. So when do I want to go? When am I going to go back to Bali? And I said, you know what? I'm going to move to Bali and I'm going to do it before 2020. So we were in September now, September, 2018. I said, I'm going to give myself the rest of 2018 and all of uh, pretty much all of 2019 to save money, to come up with a plan and move. And that's exactly what I did. I just saved money. I stopped going out. I stopped going to brunches. I stopped, you know, I told my friends I'm moving. I told my, my family, they all thought I was nuts. They're like, what do you, you're from New York. Everything I heard, I heard it all. Just doesn't make sense. You're going to ruin your life. You're ruining your chances of career opportunities and things. People said, I said, you know what? This is my dream. It's for me. This is for me. This is what I need for me. This is my life. And if it makes sense to you, it's okay. thought I was joking. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go back on that. Yeah. So how was the feeling about everybody telling you, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, but you were still going there? Because, so I pretty much never got into the, the normal life. I was always living my life abroad, going, wandering after another. And every time I would go back to France, All my family, all my friends were telling me, like, why do you do that? When are you going to start? When are you going to create a situation? When are you going to start a job? When are you going to find a guy? And having all this, not negativity, it's just people are worried about you. They're doing that in a a good way, but it's a lot Mm -hmm. to take in. 
And I know that every time I would go back to France, I had this like pressure about other. I was not pushing pressure on myself, but because everybody else was telling me that, it was like a lot to take. Did you experience that as well? Yeah, I did. I experienced it a lot. Like people, people really like, what is she thinking? What is she going to do? Is she losing her mind? Is she going to live this like, she's like a young, like wanderlust. Like you do that shit in your twenties, but you're in your late thirties. Like, what are you doing? Don't you want to have a family? Don't you want to have kids? And you know, it's, I mean, it's just typical. People can't see this stuff for themselves. They are in their own boxes I want to say I'm not trying to be mean but everybody's in their own little compartmental box and if you haven't been outside and you haven't experienced other things then that's that's where your perspective is coming from yeah and so many of them while I get it it seems crazy and it's it is a little I guess crazy but I was willing to do what I needed to do to see if I was going to be happy in a new environment. And if it was going to up a new version of me, you know, and I owed it to myself to do what I felt was right for me. And that's what I ended up doing, regardless of what people said and what they thought. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the one who I have to appease. I don't have to appease anybody else but myself. And uh, that's what it came down to. And by December, 2019, um, I was, I had quit my job and I had packed up everything and put things in storage and donated stuff and all this stuff. And I took my two suitcases and I flew a one-way flight to first Australia. I went to go visit my friend in Sydney and I did new year's there for 2020. So it was lovely. I haven't been to Australia before. I was there in 2020. <laughs> like we could have met. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so yeah. that would have been funny. Yeah, I left um in February, mid-February, and then I went to Bali and I was supposed to go back to Australia March 10th or something like that. And okay. thank- thankfully I didn't because I would have been stuck in Australia because of the whole pandemic. Yeah all the countries were closing down their borders and a lot of people from who were in Bali actually went back home. Everybody got scared. All this stuff was going on. And I actually thought to myself, wow, I should probably go back home. This is crazy. What am I doing? I'm in a foreign country. What if God forbid I need medical assistance? All of these different things were going through my mind. And then I was talking to my dad and he's like, why would you come back here? New York is the worst right now. He's like, stay. If I were you, I'd stay there. You have a son you have, you could go out. You don't have to be, you know, stuck in an apartment. So I ended up staying. It was the best decision I ever made. And those 15 months of being in Bali were truly amazing. Uh, When I say 15, 16 months, I was, I hadn't gone home until last um, July, July 21. Uh, I finally went back to go to New York to see my family and it was a very different New York experience for me after being away for so long. So what happened there? Tell us everything. Like, how did you feel when you get there, like from stranger and also from your family? Well, I felt, um, I felt a little like nervous to go back because I had done so much of my own kind of reflecting and inner 
introspective work and, you know, all this personal development stuff that I was doing while I was here in Bali. And I, there were some revelations made a lot of things and a lot of like new things that I had started doing that I had never done before yoga. I was eating healthier here. I lost weight. I was working out like, you know, doing yoga, meditating, all these practices, journaling, reading, reading a lot. And, um, it was really amazing. So I went back going, my, the thought of me going back home to New York, faster pace, you know, a lot of indulgences, food wise, a lot of, a lot of noise that was a little like, Ooh, do I want to go back into that? It was a little like, I was nervous to be honest. I don't know how it was going to be. Plus, you know, think about it it was still pandemic stuff that was going on. So I was like, I was a little nervous, but anyway, I went back. It was, it was fine in the sense of like, I went to stay with my dad and I stayed home a lot. I was home. I was hanging out with my family. I got to really bond with my family while I was home, which was great on a different level than I had prior to me leaving the, you know, uh, before we really connected. I really strengthened bonds with my sister, with my dad, with my grandmother. Like it was really a beautiful time. Also a lot unfolded for me. Um, You know, you get to see like, my friends who I was really close to before, some of yeah. them kind of dwindled away. We have different interests now. I used to be party girl. I used to go out all the time. I used to do all of that. You know, I was living a different lifestyle. And now here I am. I'm not really going out. I'm not partying. I don't really drink that much anymore. You know, so I'm not into all those things, going to clubs, going to bars, getting, you know, just yeah. not into it. So with that, you lose some friends along the way. And that can be hard at first, but it's also okay. You have to understand that not everybody's meant to, you know, go with you along your journey. People have. Yeah, I always say that people come into your life. And even if they are here just for days, that's okay. Like I've moved a lot and. So I met a lot of people and I realized some people I hang out with just for one month, two months, and they had changed something in me. They had put a mark on me and they taught me stuff. And even though I've met them just for one month, two months, that's okay. That's fine. And, right. and yes, yeah, some people will stay. Some people will not. And you evolve in different direction. But when you get in peace with that, when you know people will come and go, after that, it's it's easy. It, it is. And I agree. I agree. It's just, you know, it's good to see who are the real ones, right? Yeah. It's nice to see who those real true friends are, who are through thick and thin. And I have a smaller group than I did before, but it's a great group. And I, I, I that's all I really need. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy about that. So there was a little shift with that. And then, you know, also... I got a little lazier when I came back home. I kind of like, oh, it's cold out. It's getting cold. I don't want to work out as much. I'm eating yummy, yummy food, home-cooked meals. And also I let myself indulge a bit. Maybe I did a little, it's good to indulge, but you know, I I, I let it go a little far further than I wanted to. So I put weight on again and all that. And so that got into my mind a little bit and, you know, it's okay. You know, it just, it was what it was, but, um, I really enjoyed my time with my family, you know, New York, I realized going back and being in, you know, the city environment that I used to live in and all that, I realized I don't really truly miss it. 
I was really missing it. I mean, there's some days where I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool, we'll go out, but I really just don't, I've evolved from there and it's okay, you know, it's okay to say, you know, it was amazing, it had its time, its place, but- um, You're just a different person. So your expectations are different. Exactly. So I want to ask you something. I've seen on your website, you say that your spiritual journey, so when you got to Bali, you started your spiritual journey and you gain awareness. So can you give me your definition of spiritual journey? Because it's so many people have different idea of it. And what did you do to gain awareness on yourself? So I'm going to say I didn't immediately when I went to Bali, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to start doing my work on myself. I'm going to no, it didn't happen like that. When I first got to Bali, um, I actually was very much still in New York mode. Yeah, I'm still in. Oh, my God, I got to I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I I have to I have to figure it out. I I have to go out and socialize and meet friends and and all of these things. So I was partying. I was going hard. I was, I was making so, friends. Let me, let me stop you. So we are, you're talking about the months after you just got laid off, right? In 2018. No, no I'm talking about when I actually moved to Bali. Okay. 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 So 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually not like, oh, you know, like, let me, let me be spiritual. Let me, let me hang out by myself. Let me do what I need to do and really ground and get in, you know, connect with myself. No, I didn't know any of that yet. (laughs) I still was very much party girl, New Yorker, like, Ooh, let's go out. I want to meet friends. I want to hang out. I want to drink. And I did that the whole year of 2020. I basically continued to do the thing, spend a lot of money, go out drinking, hang out with all these, you know, weird people. Not, oh, that's horrible. Scratch that. They're not weird. Just different people. Weird is not a bad word. I go to weird people. They are the most interesting people of all. No, you're right. You're right. Weird. Is, I didn't mean it. And I wasn't trying to mean it in a mean way, like all different types of people, yeah. you know, it's fun. But I realized um, towards the end of that year, yeah, me turning third, going into turning 38, by December of 2020, I realized I'm really tired of this lifestyle, meaning me continuing to party it up and just want to be social with people and not being able to really connect with them on a deeper level. And so that's when it started to hit me. I'm like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't really want to go out and be around people that don't really care about any, take any interest in me and what I'm doing. And and all of this stuff, like, why do I want to hang out with people like that? So then I said to myself, by the beginning of December, I'm getting out of this area in Bali, which is a very, like, party, a lot of parties so where, happen there. Where were you? In Chenggu. Okay. And now yeah. you're in Ubud, right? Yeah. So, so Ubud is kind of like the jungle, is it the quiet Bali or... <laughs> Yeah, it's just more spiritual, a lot of yogis, a lot of people that come to do healing work, okay. a lot of people, it's just more zen, more, okay. more of the spiritual, it's more of the spiritual area, quote, spiritual area here. Okay. Um, but I didn't, so again, I was very fed up with what I was doing and I got tired of it. I was actually tired of it. I was like, I'm, I'm so tired of living like this and being hungover and just being like, ugh. I think I got to get out of this area. So I booked a trip to go all the way up north, about two hours up north. I said, I want to spend time alone away from everybody. 
I did that. I stayed up there for three weeks. It was the best three weeks of my life. Just being by myself right on the water. It was right by the ocean. Every day I'd have fresh seafood. Every day was just hanging out with myself, reading. That's when I started really tapping in. What do I really want? What am I, what do I want to do? Who do I want to help? Because I realized I want to help people. And I really want to show people that they don't have to live the same way they've been told they have to live or the same way that they've been living their lives, that they can actually they can actually step off that path and create a new one for themselves. And I realized that I want to help people who struggle with not loving what they're doing, their lifestyle, and who are ready for something else, something that's more suited for themselves. And when I say themselves, for their soul, really, not for the ego mind, but for their soul. So your spiritual journey kind of started here. You know, it's funny because you said you had the first click, like your second life, I would say, let's call it that way, your second life when you came to Bali. And you still had a little bit of your first life in it. And then you had a a second click. And then you really started your spiritual journey. And that's kind of what I experienced as well. I had a moment in my life where I was like, okay, I cannot understand my emotion. There is something wrong. Like I need to understand my mind. So I started to get into psychology, personal development, everything. I just wanted to understand myself. So I started to make some research, not really into like really studying the thing, but just implementing a little bit in my life without even thinking about it. And then I think about two years later, I had the second click and I was like, okay, now is the time that I need to actually take action and go into my dream life create my dream life so that's mm-hmm. funny because like we had the same experience like to click into our spiritual journey right because you know it's also not easy to just rip off the layers that have yeah. been in, in conditioned and imprinted on you for so long it's not easy to just okay i'm in a new country so here let me get rid of all the stuff that i i know and just be something new it's not easy it's not easy you're very conflicted and and it takes it it takes time to for it to click and really be like wow when i was done i was done like by the end of 2020 in december i was like i want no part of this me this old this this noel here i don't want that i think what we think we want more like we want something different but what we actually want is we want to get rid of some stuff the stuff that we picked from people like oh he told me I'm like that, so I'm like that. But sometimes right. it's just like what he thinks, and you're not like that. But because he said so, you just assume, you well, okay, it. if he so says that, it. means that I'm what he says. Right. So, exactly. yeah, just taking off the layer of the onions. Exactly, exactly, the onion. And then, yeah, I mean, after, after going up north for three weeks, I said, okay, Everybody, all my friends who were in Chengdu, when are you coming back? Let's go, come back. We're having a New Year's Eve party. We're having a party. I said, I'm not coming back. I'm going to Ubud and I'm just going to spend time there. I'd never been to Ubud prior. I said, I'm just going to see and fell in love. Fell in love here. Haven't left. How long have you been in Ubud for now? Well, before I went home was six months and now 
six months, a year, one year. Okay. And uh, so now let's let's go to like if you had to tell us about your mission, why exactly you became a coach and what is the goal with your coaching? I think my mission is to be an advocate for people who feel like they don't have a voice and aren't at the point where they're brave or bold enough to start changing the trajectory of their life. And I think so many people have this untapped potential that they haven't even, you know, they haven't even gotten to into yet. Like, oh yeah, they might have a great job and they work for make, you know, a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that you've tapped into your fullest potential. There's, you know, and I say that because there's a lot of people that have a lot of money and they're really successful and they're just not happy. And it's because they've done things by society's rules and they they say, well, their definition of happiness is money and title and all of these things. And then you realize after you've worked so hard in all these years, like, wow, I'm actually not fulfilled. Like maybe that fulfilled me in my twenties, but there's more to life than just that. And so people are scared or they don't know how to get off that comfortable path that they've been on, the more acceptable path and, and make a U-turn or not a U-turn, but turn it around and go in another direction because yeah. that's scary because that's scary. So I believe my mission is to help these people see that it is possible, whether it's you've been working in a job forever, whether it's you just know out of the gate as a young 20 something year old that you don't want to work in a corporation or that you don't want to live a lead a very traditional lifestyle. It's okay. But I think society frowns upon people that don't have the template. You know, you went to a great college and you got a good job, a secure job, and you make a secure paycheck and you have benefits and you have the husband or the wife and, or, you know, same sex partner. And, kids and the car and the animals and you know, all those things. Yeah. And I think we need to change. We need to change the dialogue, the narrative of, you know, what a, a successful life is. A successful life is what it means to the individual and not place our projections on what it should be on other people, because it really does get in people's minds. Like, Oh, my mom and dad want me to be a doctor, but I don't, I, I really want to be an artist and I really want to explore, you know, maybe I want to travel to other countries and see different types of art in Spain and France and Italy. But my parents just want me to go off to school and get a job and be, you know, in this robotic kind of state of mind. And I really don't think you do anybody any justice when you're putting your um, what you want for your family or your, your loved one on them. I just don't think that's right. So my mission is to break down, I guess, the perception of what's acceptable and, you know, what, of what success is. I mean, everybody sees it differently, but my bigger mission is to show people that it's possible to create a life that you truly love and you're fulfilled with, and you don't have to go through your life, something that you're not into anymore. You use the sentence is, dream really come true and that's true like just go after your dreams and just stop listening to what other people want just follow your dreams and follow your heart 
because at the end of the day, what do they have to like, what is that doing for you? If you're following what they're saying, but yeah. it really isn't making you happy, who suffers? Yeah. You suffer. You're suffering. And I, I really, I gave, I stopped that, you know, through therapy and all I've done my, 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 I used to be a people pleaser. I used to be all of these things that, you know, I wanted to live up to expect certain expectations for family. And I've realized I don't want that. I don't want that life. I don't, I don't want to be this big CEO so I could prove to other people that I'm successful. I don't need that. That does nothing for me. I want to be successful by what my version of success is helping other people see their potential and showing them it's possible by being by through my experience, but also, you know, by assisting them and supporting them through coaching and, and mentoring. I think that's important when you, when you are able to show people that, you know, Hey, it wasn't easy for me to quit my job when I was making a great salary and living in a beautiful neighborhood in, in New York, but I walked away from it. I walked away from it because it was no, it wasn't in my soul. And if, we usually are, we are afraid of losing what we have, but from my experience, every time I had afraid of losing something, but I went for something else anyway, this something else was so much better than what I lost in the first place. Absolutely. And I say this, I say I'm making far less monetarily than I've ever made in my life, really, I have. I, I have no problem saying it. Because it takes time to build, right? It takes time to build and it, the, don't, things don't happen overnight and as quickly as sometimes we want them to. You have to be patient. The thing I've learned is if it's something you're passionate about, if it's something that drives you, if it excites you to get up in the morning and do this work, then it's something that it doesn't matter. The money, I trust the money will come. I'm not chasing the money. I'm chasing the purpose of what I believe is my purpose and function here on this planet. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So last three things. So it's going to be like short question for our uh, listener before we finished. So okay. what is the best advice you ever received? The best advice I ever received. Ooh, God. Honestly, I would say this. The best advice I ever received was from my mother. And I'm actually not that close to my mother anymore, but it's still relevant. And she said to me, don't let anybody or anything dictate your happiness. Amazing. And, and that's something I think I've went all the way with. That's beautiful. Yeah, my, my mother always told me something similar, like just be your own person and it doesn't matter how you dress, what you do. and be weird if you yeah. want to be weird. Okay. Another thing, what is the best lesson you learned from your experience? I think the best lesson I've learned is that you, you have to release control of the life. And this is a quote, actually. You have to be willing to release the, the plan or the control of the life that you expected to live or expect to live so that you can actually be open to the life that you have to be willing to give up the, the life that you plan to live so that you can live the life that you're meant to live. 
Wow, that's a beautiful say. Amazing. And last thing, something can be anything, even a small thing, something you learned recently and changed your daily life. Something I learned recently. I, I think it's to have a little more grace, you know, like a, a little bit more grace with yourself. Um, because obviously, you know, I'm human and there's still times where you want to see, um, you want to see your hard work pay off and all the things you're doing. And sometimes it doesn't happen on our time as we know, you know, yeah. uh, but I have to go back to, let me have grace with myself. There's times that I get un unmotivated and I find that it's okay. Sometimes I just have to give myself a break and just be okay with resting. It's important to rest. So I think it's having more grace, not really bullying and torturing myself and say, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. It's being a little more, it's okay. Tomorrow's another day. It's fine. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Do you have a last word you would share with us? Just, you know, I think the more open you are to experiencing the unknown, you will be so incredibly surprised at what you might find if you allow that to come into play. You know, if you're more resistant to the unknown and you want to keep along this thing that you know and what's here and now, chances are you're going to get more of the same results when you're already on the trajectory of doing the same thing. But when you step outside and you give yourself the opportunity to talk to different people, to take a different way to work, to, you know, put yourself in a position to be exposed to different things, you're going to learn more. You're going to expose yourself to new things. And that could open windows and doors that you've never even imagined. Thank you so much, Noel. So where can we find you? Uh, you could find me um, at my website. And uh, so my business is called Your Everyday Dream. And so it is, I do one-to-one -one coaching currently. And um, there's all the, I, you know, you could look me up and book uh, yeah, your, introductory. Your website is amazing, by the way. I, 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 <laughs> I went on it like a few days ago and shake everything. It's super cool. So everybody oh, has to go and, and check it out. Thank you. It's, uh, so it's www.youreverydaydream.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, I'm Your Everyday Dream Co, like Coach C-O Co. Thank you so much, Noel. Thank you for having me and Bye. letting me share my story. I appreciate it. Bye-bye, Noel. See you next Bye. time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode till the end. If you want to support this podcast, leave a review and share it in your story mentioning the Authenticity Seeker. I wish you an amazing day, sending you good vibes, joy, and all my love.